0: The child and family agency TUSLA is to begin contacting around 20,000 people who had their information illegally accessed and copied during the HSE cyber attack in May 2021. The agency said today that a number of its employees were also impacted by the breach, although it says there's no evidence that any of the stolen information has been published online. The process of notifying those affected is likely to take about 10 months. We can talk now to Kate Duggan, who's Director of Services and Integration and Deputy CEO of of TUSLA. Very good afternoon and welcome to the programme, Kate Duggan.
1: Good afternoon, Brian.
0: So around 20,000 people now, you believe, um, had their information compromised in the course of this cyber attack on the HSE and TUSLA's IT systems. What picture has emerged of of the scale of the breach here? Because presumably 20,000 people, but many more individual files.
1: Yeah thanks Brian for the opportunity to talk about this this morning. Many of the public will be aware I think from just the recent HSE communications that as a result of the cyber attack on the HSE systems that information belonging to both individuals and to staff members was copied. At that point in time HSE provided um, IT services to Tusla and so members of the public who engaged with TUSLA and staff working for TUSLA were encompassed by the cyber attack. You've said there, Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to reassure there's no evidence either from national or international experts that any of this information has been published on the internet or the dark web or involved in any kind of fraudulent activity. And so what we know now is that from the information, and the files we received from Angarda Siakana, the extensive process we've taken place working with the Data Protection Commissioner and working with all of the GDPR guidelines is that approximately 20,000 individuals Mm. will need or may need to be notified. As we go through the notification process, we're continuing to work through any duplication that may be found and more importantly, address verification. Very important for us because the data belonging to both staff and individuals that engage with our agency is sensitive data. Mm. And so our notification processes had to be both considerative and um, supportive in, in how we notify as you, as
0: you as you say, the Tusla deals with very sensitive family situations. Yeah. Um, so the kind of material that was accessed here and copied, mm. what what are, what are we talking about?
1: So from a staffing perspective, it primarily relates to HR data. So that would be maybe leave applications. It may be, you know, HR applications that they would have submitted um, on an individual basis. In relation to members of the public, this is relating to anything from referral letters to reports to email correspondence. And when we talk about 20,000 individuals, it may not be or won't be a whole file related to an individual. It may be one document, one letter, one report. But that's not to say that that contains very sensitive information. And because of that, we are really aware and understand the the impact, the worry, the anxiety that people Mm -hmm. are going to have today when they hear this. And so the approach that we've adopted through notification, which is, is going to take, as you referenced, up until November, is that anybody who is affected by this will receive letters from this week from Tusla and in that letter you're going to be offered two options to go onto an online portal and to work through an online system which some people may feel comfortable with and that's where you'll find out the data um, involved that pertains to you but for other people who may not want to use an online portal system there will be a case worker there'll be a free phone number for you to contact the case worker and that caseworker will support you not just through that process of receiving mm-hmm. the information, but also supporting you after that. Because what we do know is that, you know, people mm-hmm. may be hearing but, information from the first time about themselves through yeah. this process. But, I mean, there's, there's, and we're very concerned that they get the support they need. Around I, I,
0: that. I mean, I'm sure those supports um, and, and that advice would be welcome. But there's other than that, there's, there's not much else that you or anybody else can do. The, the, the data is, is now out there.
1: The data was copied, mm. um, but as I said, all of the best experts, you know, we worked with cybersecurity experts mm. with the Garda and National Cybercrime Bureau, and you would have known that there was a high court order secured to restrain any sharing or processing or publishing any of the data stolen. Mm. So what country. we have been assured, yeah, so mm. what we have been assured now is that there is no evidence that this information has been published on the internet, has been published on the dark web, or has been involved in any fraudulent activity. And that's a level of reassurance that it's really important for us that people hear that, Mm. but yet we recognise there is going to be anxiety for people around this
0: could I move on to another matter and we heard it reported in the news bulletin a little earlier and that's your apology to people who've applied for information mm-hmm. adopted people or people connected to those who were adopted uh, applying for information about their, uh, their birth and their early years this is under the birth and information tracing legislation mm-hmm. which people know came in last year and from October this service was available and I think people were promised between 30 and 90 days uh, applications mm-hmm. will be processed now that's not been the case for the most part there's a very significant backlog. What sort of numbers have accumulated and how long is it going to take to clear to clear that backlog? Yeah
1: and I think for people just to understand the context um, Brian under the Birth Information Tracing Act as you said which became live on the 3rd of October people are entitled to a release of birth, early life and case information which up until now we wouldn't as an agency have been able to provide to them and that had caused a lot of Anxiety and frustration with people with the agency in terms of not being able to access information they wanted. Mm -hmm. Since the legislation um, has taken effect and has commenced since the 3rd of October, we as an agency within uh, Tusla have received over 4,100 applications for birth information. And as you said, the Act allows for people to receive that information either within a 30-day time period or a mm-hmm. 90-day time period, and that's based on not the complexity of the case, but actually the complexity of the files associated right. with the case. So, so of those, when of those, we started,
0: sorry, of those 4,100 applications, mm-hmm. how many have been dealt with at this stage, processed? So um,
1: 1,112 are processed and I think it's important to say that out of those that have been processed and released, we have had minimal requests for review. And actually we have had people contacting us to compliment us on the records and the level of information that has been released to them. But why something they've been waiting for? Why
0: haven't you been able to deal with the 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 the, the balance, the greater number, three thousand within within the promised time?
1: I think there's been maybe three factors at play, Brian, and and I think we are really sorry in relation to the impact that this is having. The first thing is that as an agency, we did underestimate that initial surge. We underestimated the volume of applications that came in the first number of weeks. Mm. And we also underestimated the percentage of cases that were falling into that 90 day category. And while that's important is because the, almost 90 percent of the cases that came to us fall into that category. That means that individuals' files are not digitized, um, are in paper format across a number of different um, locations. And so it also had an increased risk in relation to perhaps data well, breach when we were uh, yeah. you know, kind no, of sharing but, and posting that information. I mean, I think the so, figures
0: the figures for perhaps the number of individual cases that, that uh, you know, might be in which people might seek information was in excess of 40,000. Isn't that right? So at this stage, it's still not much more than, than one in 10, But but you'd estimated yeah. less than that.
1: We didn't estimate the surge that came in the beginning. And that is something that we got wrong in the agency. And I think we've been very clear in any of our correspondent engagement with people that we really are sorry for that. Um, since then and since October, we've completely scaled up our services in terms of the contingency plan that we've put in place. We've put in right. you know, significant additional um, resources. And what we've also worked hard on over the last number of months, which is important in that we now have forecasting in place that we can give people a timeline for when they're okay. going to receive their information. We'll- and while I know... That doesn't mitigate against the the frustration and the hurt that they feel because of the delay. Mm -hmm. What they now have is a very real timeline in which they can expect that they will
0: receive their information. Kate, Kate Duggan, Deputy CEO of Twister, thanks very much for talking to us.